The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. This is Marcus Aurelius, Book 4, Paragraph 4. If mind is common to us all, then also the reason whereby we are rational beings is common. If this be so, then also the reason which commands us what to do and what not to do. If this be so, there is a common law also. If this be so, we are fellow citizens. If this be so, we are members of one political community. If this be so, the world is a kind of commonwealth. For in what other common government can we say that the whole human race partakes? And thence from this common political community is derived our mind itself, our reasoning faculty, and our sense of law. Or whence do they come? For as my earthly part is a portion of some earth, and the watery from a second element, and the vital spirit from some source, and the hot and fiery from yet another source of its own, for nothing comes from nothing, just as nothing returns to nothing, so therefore the mind also has come from some source. Okay, so this is a little bit of a different style than we've seen so far. Um, he's kind of uh, sketching out the vision of uh, of what he what he thinks human society, uh, you know, is capable of in terms of of their political cooperation. Uh, this was first alluded to in 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 book two, paragraph one, when he talked about how we were all made to work together, like um, you know, like uh, like what did he say? Like eyes and ears and like the rows with upper and lower teeth. Um, but now he's actually spelling out how that's going to work. And the basic idea is that since we all have uh, in common our our reason and our rationality, so then in theory, and since our rationality is what what ought to tell us what to do and what not to do, so in theory we're all subject to this same law, the law dictated by our our rationality, and therefore there is a common basis, at least potentially, for all of us living in line uh, with one set of principles, uh, which he says is rationality. Um, I associate to two things uh, when I read this. Uh, the first thing is something that I believe we already read, which is the Rambam in. The morning book in 311 when he's talking about uh, interpersonal evils he says i'm going to read the whole chapter because it's very short these great evils that come about between human individuals who inflict them upon one another because of purposes desires opinions and beliefs all of them are likewise consequent upon privation uh, meaning uh, absence or a lack for all of them derive from ignorance i mean from a privation of knowledge just as a blind man, because of the absence of sight, does not cease stumbling, being wounded and also wounding others, because he has nobody to guide him on his way, so too the various sects of men, every individual according to the extent of his ignorance, does to himself and to others great evils from which individuals of the species suffer. If there were knowledge whose relation to the human form is like that of the faculty of sight to the eye, they would refrain from doing any harm to themselves and to others. For the knowledge of truth removes hatred and quarrels and prevents mutual harms." So that's that's articulating. I'm pausing here for one second. That's articulating um, a similar sort of vision here is that what is the sole cause of human beings doing harm to one another is ignorance. And uh, I think I explained this last time that it doesn't just mean like that you're ignorant of facts. I mean, you can have knowledge and it's not real to you uh, or you're blinded by your emotions or your habits or your desires. That's also a form of ignorance. So if we had knowledge, meaning if we had, you know, intellectual knowledge and that and, and our emotions were in line with that knowledge, then we wouldn't harm each other uh, or ourselves. Okay, but then the Raman goes on and he extends this to, um, to he ties this to Yemos Mashiach. He says, this state of society is promised to us by the, the prophet in the words, the wolf will live with the sheep and the leopard will lie down with the kid and a calf, a lion whelp and a fatling together and a young child would lead them. Uh, the, um, I think this is the typo, typo here, the bear will graze 
I think, and their young will lie down together. Uh, and a lion like cattle will eat hay. A suckling child will, will play by a viper's mouth, and a newly weaned child will stretch his hand towards the adder's lair. Uh, so that's from Yeshayahu 11, 6 through 8. The prophet also points out what will be the cause of this change, for he says that hatred, quarrel, and fighting will come to an end because men will then have a true knowledge of God. Uh, they will neither injure nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with knowledge of Hashem as water carving the seabed. That's from Yeshayahu 11, 9. So that is really expressing a, a similar sort of vision. Um, you know, we I think we think of Yemos Mashiach as, uh, you know, as the Yemos Mashiach society the messianic era to be one in which everything will be governed by Torah law. And that's certainly true, but the Rambam here is, is expanding this to, to show the, the ramifications beyond Torah law when we're all, when humanity itself receives this influx of knowledge and, and because ignorance is the cause of all interpersonal evils, then when we have this knowledge, then, uh, then it'll remove evil from humanity, uh, evil that we cause one another. Um, so that's a very similar vision to what Marcus Aurelius says. Obviously, Marcus Aurelius is not dealing with, uh, with you know, Torah as a governing principle. Okay, but then this last part is also interesting. Is he, 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 you know, what is he doing when he says here that he's recognizing the four elements that comprise his body all come from a common source, and so too the mind. So I'm not exactly sure what he's getting at. I feel like... Um, Maybe there are some premises I'm missing here, but I, I'll tell you what I did associate to, and maybe because I was already thinking about Yemos Mashiach when I read this about the Messianic era. Um, so I was thinking about in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim in the third bracha of the Shemona Esrei when we have the expanded kedusha and we talk about you know uh, you know lasos uh, aguda uh, um, achas lasos that we'll all make one society to do God's will perfectly you know with one with one um, uh, one heart. I mean, that is also a similar vision to this, and I, I associated to this, um, when, when, when Aurelius was talking about how you have basically the physical part of you that all is governed by the same material forces, and then you have the mind, which comes from another source and ought to be governed in the same way. So I associated to this beautiful uh, commentary in the Rav's Machsor. So this is in the Rosh Hashanah Machsor, page 435, and it looks like it's cited from Noros HaRav. Again, I don't remember which of these things are the Rav's words him, from himself and which ones are edited. So it's attributed to the Rav here. So he says, um, God's reign expresses itself in two ways, via the natural law and via the moral law. At present, the kingdom of God is to be found solely in the natural law. His, the, his primordial will created and regulates all of creation, both organic and inorganic, intelligent beings as well as the beasts. Nature behaves in accordance with regular, unalterable patterns, a behavior that attests to his absolute sovereignty. Man has no control over the laws of nature. No one can rebel against God in this sense, since no one can change the natural law. We therefore do not need to pray for the establishment of God's sovereignty over nature. All humans have already accepted and are subject to the natural law, concerning which man recognizes God's absolute and eternal sovereignty. In this sense, the phrase, Hashem yimlok uh, Hashem will reign forever, denotes that God is currently the king of the universe. As far as the moral law is concerned, however, God's sovereignty is not yet universally accepted. Ironically, what interferes with the recognition of God's sovereignty in the moral realm is the fact that he provided man with free will. While he could have imposed the moral law the same way he imposed the natural law, as he indeed did with regard to angels who have no free will, he instead challenged man to accept the moral law voluntarily. Unfortunately, mankind has accepted God's moral law only partially, and his sovereignty as reflected in the moral law has thus not been universally recognized. This verse, therefore, also expresses our belief that in the future, all of humanity will crown him as king of the universe, meaning that man will ultimately acknowledge his dominion in the realm of moral law in the same way that he now accepts his sovereignty over the natural law. So again, I don't know exactly what Aurelius is saying, but by calling attention to the fact that 
the earthly part of our body or the physical part of our body is governed by by all these uh, you know material principles and the mind also has a set of principles that govern it that's what made me think about the 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 rough's comments there is that we're all subject to god's law uh, you know against our will so to speak in terms of the natural law that governs our physical bodies and the physical universe but the moral law um which really is expressed through the laws of the torah but but extends beyond that um is something that we have to enact through free will and uh and you know in in that bracha in that puzzle that god will reign forever is also expressing the wish that we'll reach this state in society so uh that is uh, our version of the commonwealth of mind is is Mashiach and everything that accompanies it all right i want to end off by by um thanking uh the patrons who have donated very generously to my patreon um Again, Patreon is a way that you can support content creators whose work you value. So uh, if you value what you've heard here or in any of my other, uh, you know, venue, I guess, uh, <laughs> Torah content venues, um, please consider donating minimal donation, $3 a month um, uh, to express your gratitude. And I just want to thank personally uh, Tamar and Isaiah, Isaac, Rafi, Danny, Anne, Aaron, Ed, Moshe, Dove, Esty, and Ellie. Uh, thank you all for, for contributing. And uh if we can recoup the costs uh, that have sunk into the podcast so far, then uh, I guess we can make more podcasts and more content. Uh, and I think that'll be in the best interest of, uh, of everyone, uh, especially myself. So uh, please, uh, if you would like to contribute, go to uh, www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Uh, link is in the show notes.